DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside, a podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray, here today to talk about the great comeback exhibited by the L.A. Clippers yesterday as they beat the Dallas Mavericks 118-108. to And I think that music clip that you just heard, I wanted to put that on. That was a tune by Funky... Four plus one, an old rap group from back in the early 80s. And part of the lyrics of that song, as you heard, said, we're going to prove to the world that we're the real deal. That's exactly what the Clippers did yesterday, baby. They are ready to prove to the world that they are the real deal as they were behind 0-2 and on a brink of collapse, of certain collapse if they would have lost that game last night against the Dallas Mavericks. They found themselves down by 19 points in the first quarter, 32-11, as it was raining threes inside of that arena in Dallas, raining threes by Luka Doncic. I mean, he was just killing them. He must have hit at least four threes or so in like the first five minutes of the game. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh boy, here we go. They about to get crushed. They about to get crushed. Uh, a tweet came out by Serge Ibaka during that uh, run by Dallas, and he simply said, uh, paraphrasing here, you guys watch. We're going to win this game. And sure enough, that's exactly what the Clippers won. Again, a final of 118 to 108. 
And my goodness, just I just want to talk briefly about Luka Doncic. I mean, this kid is, I believe, is a top five player in the game at this point. 44 points, 15 of 28 from the field, 7 of 13 from three-piece land. I mean, this kid can simply ball nine rebounds and nine assists. And he was pretty much carrying the Dallas Mavericks against the Clippers yesterday. I mean, it's, it's absolutely nothing that this guy can't do with the basketball. But the Clippers, they withstood all of that. They withstood all of that and came back, and they were raining threes of their own uh, later on in that game. Um, Patrick Beverly started this game. I'm sorry, he did not start. Reggie Jackson started in this game, but Patrick Beverly came in to uh, relieve him and got into a little scrum with the aforementioned Donjiks. And I believe that kind of lit a fire under this team. It, it wasn't any fisticuffs or anything like that. They got into a little, uh, like I say, a little scrum, and uh, Donchick looks like he just shoved Patrick Beverly a little bit. And as you all know, Patrick Beverly, he, he's not putting up with anything. And uh, he kind of went after Donchick a little bit. Referees got in between them, and you know, uh, a couple players came off the bench. It was like right there on the sideline. So it wasn't any fisticuffs or anything. But Patrick Beverly just simply let Donchick know, hey, you're not just going to, you're not going to get away with anything. And that's probably how you have to play Donchick, man. You have to be physical with him. You know, put a body on the guy. It's, it's, it's amazing how that team, Dallas I'm referring to, was able to uh, run that pick and roll with Donchick and then get the favorable matchup because you had, uh, initially you had Reggie Jackson guarding him. And, you know, one-on-one -on -one, Reggie Jackson can't handle Donchick. One-on-one, it's not many players at all that can, that can handle him. And, and all they do is they do that pick and roll. And then if you go uh, under that screen, all Donchick is going to do is step back and shoot that three. If you try to go over the screen, then that's, that's when the, the, the switch occurs. And then you have a guy like Zubat ending up on Donchick. And nothing against Zubat, but he can't handle Donchick. All that's, all that's going to do is, is uh, prompt Donchick to go to the hole. It's that simple. Uh, they brought in Batum off the bench to try to guard Donchick. And same thing. They had Paul George at one point on him. Same thing. They just run picks for Donchick. He gets the favorable matchup that he wants, and then he takes advantage of it. So that's something that Ty Lue, I'm sure, will be uh, working on moving forward. I'm not even sure if something like that can be stopped, but that's what they paid coaches millions of dollars for. Now, the Clippers, if they go to the mindset of, well, Luke is going to get his, you know, 44 points, let's just stop all these other guys and, you know, make sure that they don't go off on us. Now, you can do that, but, again, you better hope that they don't go off on you. Uh, Finney Smith kind of came back down to earth in this game. He was only 3 out of 10 and scored 6 points. He didn't have the type of game that he had in the first couple of games. Uh Kleber was, uh, he was okay. He, had, he was five out of nine, scored 14 points. Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of came back to earth a little bit. And he was uh, only four out of 14 for 12 points. Uh, the guy that was really killing the Clippers, not necessarily killing him, but uh, he was very, very effective, was uh, Jalen Brunson coming off the bench. 
five out of eight from the three uh, from the field, and four out of six from uh, from three. He hit like three three pointers in a row at one point. He scored fourteen points. So if they're coming out with that mindset, and you know, not allow Luca to get his, but really concentrate on stopping the other guys, then you know that may work. Again, as long as the rest of the Dallas Mavericks don't go crazy. You know, Porzingis is only 3 of 10 himself, only scored nine points. So, you know, that could be the strategy. And um, if that is the strategy moving on, uh, then I think the Clippers will be successful just as long as the other Dallas players don't go crazy. Now, as far as the Clippers are concerned, Kawhi Leonard was was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. The claw. The claw. I mean, he was dialed in from the very beginning. I believe he may have hit his first six or seven shots without a miss. He ended up 13 out of 17, uh, three out of five from three-point land and for 36 points, eight rebounds. I mean, he was simply, simply dialed in. And, I mean, he was shooting he was shooting that pull-up three from the top of the keys very, very effective uh, with that shot. Very, very effective. On the secondary break, you know, he's running down the court. And whichever guard is out there, they, they see him approaching that three-point line. They pass the ball over to him. And he simply just pulls up without any hesitation whatsoever and shoots that three ball. Very, very effective. Very effective. And the other side of that two-headed monster they got, Paul George, also very effective. 11 out of 18 29 points, two out of six from three-piece land. He was also dialed in, and he was driving to the basket with a purpose. It didn't matter who was down there. Paul George was driving to the basket. He was making layups. He was shooting mid-range jumpers. He was only two out of six from three, but he's the type of guy that he's going to continue shooting the three, and he should continue shooting that three ball because he can get hot from out there himself. So... My message to Paul George is do not stop shooting that three because if he starts hitting that, now the defense has to come out there a little bit, whoever's guarding him, and we all know Paul George has some handles, and he can take that, take that ball to the basket and do some damage, either via shooting the ball himself or being an effective passer. He also has seven rebounds and four assists. Now that first quarter when uh, Dallas was, like I said, simply raining threes, uh, what Ty Lue did uh, kind of turned that game around. And maybe the, the three players, actually, that really uh, helped the Clippers turn this game around was when he inserted Rondo and he inserted Terrence Mann and he inserted Patrick Beverly for uh, about six minutes. Again, Beverly only played six minutes, but uh, he got into that little scrum. And I think, again, that ignited them. But Terrence Mann and Rajon Rondo was like catalysts. Uh, on the floor. Terrence Mann only scored four points. He played 19 minutes, only scored four points. But that, that kid was all over the place. He plays he plays good defense. You know, he can handle the ball in certain situations. And he also got into a little, well, it wasn't even a scrum. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein uh, made a real a real punk move when um, he Terrence Mann was going to the basket and uh, he, he, he got a flavor foul. I'm, I'm speaking of uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, it was a really, really a, a punk move on his, on his part. Could have hurt Terrence Mann uh, really, really bad. And then later on in the game, he kind of shoved 
Terrence Mann a little bit, and Terrence Mann was really, really upset and was uh, kind of running after Willie Cauley-Stein, and, you know, players got in the way and didn't let him um, get to him, get to Stein. But it just showed that this kid, you know, Terrence Mann I'm speaking of, he has a lot of toughness. He has a lot of toughness, a lot of grit, and he plays with 110% every time he's on the floor, whether he's scoring or not. Now, Rondo, on the other hand, Rondo was a plus 22. And it was no coincidence when he got out there, uh, the offense just starts clicking. It starts smoking. He played 26 minutes. He was only two out of seven from the field, one of two from three-piece land, but he did have eight assists. He just calms that offense down. You know, he also had four rebounds. He calms the offense down. He gets them in their sets. He had a nice, a nice dime piece to uh, Zubats under the basket for a dunk. I mean, that that – shows that the guy just has the basketball cue that's out of this world, probably second only to LeBron James, or they may even be 1A and 1B. And he's just very, very effective when he's out there, and that's the reason why they traded for him in the first place. Get him out there and let him be the coach on the floor. And that's exactly what he is. As I mentioned, Reggie Jackson started the game. Reggie Jackson played well, 6 out of 12 from the field, 50%. Four of ten from three piece land scored eighteen points. He played very well, very well out there. And I believe now that Ty Lue has has finally gotten the message or finally has figured out that three headed point guard monster that he has in Jackson and Rondo and Beverly. I believe Patrick Beverly is going to be the one where his minutes are going to be reduced. But that doesn't mean that that he won't be an integral part of the basketball game, I'm talking about Patrick Beverly. It all depends on who they're playing, matchup situations. If you need somebody to come in and provide a spark plug off the bench, you know, to provide some energy, to get under somebody's skin, then you bring in Patrick Beverly for a, a certain number of minutes, you know, and let him accomplish that goal. And then, you know, once you take him out, you bring your offense back in. If you want some scoring punch, you bring Reggie Jackson in there. Reggie Jackson can score. When he's on top of his game, he can score the basketball. And then if you just need all-around play and you're you're a coach on the floor type of person, then you bring Rondo in. And that is a good situation that the Clippers have with that three-headed monster at point guard in Rondo, Patrick Beverly, and Reggie Jackson. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr., he had his best game of the series so far, scoring 15 points. Apparently, at halftime, his brother, Markeith, who plays for the Lakers, and for some reason he's not getting a lot of run with the Lakers. That's another uh, story for another day. But apparently he called his twin brother at halftime. Not sure what the conversation was about. Maybe he gave him a pep talk. Maybe he said, hey, brother, man, it's time for you to start balling, man. What the hell are you doing out there? And uh, he came out in the second half. And he started cooking. He ended up with 15 points, six out of nine from the field, three out of five from three-piece land. Again, 15 points. Played very well. Got to have some consistency at that spot, though. Got to have some consistency from uh, senior there. And if the Clippers get that, they're, they're, they're going to be very, very tough tough to beat. Zubak only played 11 minutes and scored uh, two points. So, uh he went to the uh, smaller lineup. I'm talking about Ty Lue. Went to the smaller lineup by inserting uh, Batum. Batum played 27 minutes. 
a lot of those minutes were in place of Zubak. But that's okay. That's what the coach does. Ty Lue made some adjustments. He played the smaller balls or small ball, and Batum had a decent game by scoring eight points, three out of five from the field. He also collected six rebounds himself. So it looks like uh, Ty Lue has discovered something here. And uh, if you go by that playbook for the rest of this series, I believe that the Clippers are going to be fine. Now, I did tweet today that the uh, – I'm so glad that the Clippers won because my prediction, of course, of the Clippers and the Lakers meeting up in the Western Conference Finals, that prediction has been resurrected because, again, if the Clippers would have lost this game, it would have been lights out. They're not coming back from 0-3 down to beat the Mavericks or, or any other playoff team, probably. I don't think that's even been done in NBA history. Think uh, Teams that are down, uh, who are down 0-3 and have won four straight. So it's a good thing that the Clippers won that game. So I still am uh, staying with my prediction of uh, the Clippers and Lakers meeting in the finals. The Lakers, of course, have a 2-1 lead over the Phoenix Suns. So Clippers, Clipper Nation, Clip Joint, where's your team go from here? I think that they have the confidence now uh, that they know that they can beat this Dallas team. They know that they have a, a better team than the Mavericks do. Uh, the best player in this series, of course, is Luka Doncic, I believe. Some people may disagree with me and say it's Kawhi Leonard. I personally think it's Doncic. You know, you just run out of adjectives and superlatives when you're talking about uh, Doncic. Uh, so, again, I think he's the best player on the floor. But for the rest of the team, though, the Clippers have more talent. They have much more talent, in my opinion, than Dallas does. And it may go seven games now. But if, that's, if that happens, that's fine because if it goes seven day, games, of course, the Clippers would have home court advantage and that seventh game would be in the Staples Center. And after that, who knows where the Clippers can go? You know, Western Conference Finals, here they come. Clippers, Lakers, it's going to happen. It's inevitable, folks. It's inevitable. They're going to meet. They're going to meet. And it's going to be an epic battle between those two. But between now and then, of course, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. And I think the Clippers, though, have finally found a recipe for Dallas. And they have that confidence now. And they're going to ride that it's, it, all the way to the, again, to the Western Conference Finals. They, they just, I mean, think about it. A 19-point lead in the first quarter. In the first quarter, there's not many people who thought that the Clippers were going to win this game. If you were reading uh, the Twitter posts last night, you know, the hashtag, hashtag Clipper Nation or hashtag Clippers, it was doom and gloom. I mean, the Clipper fans were just out of their minds and hey, everybody needs to go. And, of course, the Laker fans were just really trolling big time you know, calling them the slippers and chokers and things like that. I mean, it was just negative vitriol all the way around. But then when they start coming back in that first quarter, uh, the tide turned. On Twitter, the tide pretty much turned. Did a 180, going the other way. The Clippers are back. The Clippers are back. You know, the Clippers are the best thing going in L.A., you know, we're, our, our team is going to go to the NBA Finals and beat the Brooklyn Nets. And that's possible. Hey, anything's possible. Anything is possible. 
So, you know, our fans are. That's why they call them fanatics or, or call fanatics fans. They're up and down, up and down when it comes to their team. Uh, the Clippers are no exception. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's going to be very, very interesting. I believe the next game is on Sunday at 3.30 Eastern time. And also the Lakers play tomorrow on Sunday at 9.30 Eastern time, which means L.A. Courtside will drop the next episode on Monday where I will analyze both of those games that will be played tomorrow with the Lakers and the Clippers. So with that, L.A. fans and and, uh, specifically my Clipper friends, L.A. Clipper fans, I'll leave it right there. I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this podcast and also thank our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Don't forget, if you want to place any wagers on any of these games, go to DraftKings.com and put in promo code TBPN and then start placing your bets. Also, if you don't want to miss an upcoming episode of L.A. Courtside and you want to subscribe, Go to wherever you get your podcast from, whatever platform that you use, whether that's Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeart. Go to any of those platforms and you will find L.A. Corsair. With that, again, thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the day. And until next time, L.A., peace.